welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week, must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hey. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that we rolled is called Line Barrels of Iron. This is many weeks in a row of mecha anime. All the mecha. Line Barrels of Iron started as a manga series in 2005, and its anime adaptation aired in 2008 and ran for 24 episodes. It was directed by Masamitsu Hidaka, who was the director of the early seasons of the Pokemon anime. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From what I've read, the beginning of this anime uh, differs quite a bit from the manga series. Really? Yeah, we might be discussing that a little bit later. Hmm. Would you like to give us a synopsis of the plot? Yeah. In the distant future of 2019, the Judah Corporation uses advanced robots called Armas for defense, but they are poor replicas of the mysterious Machina robots, which have the unique ability to rapidly regenerate and heal their pilots. After a Machina called Line Barrel crashes directly into a wimpy high school student named Koyochi, the student wakes up to discover that he has superhuman abilities and can summon Line Barrel as its chosen pilot. Let's talk about these characters, because they are something. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, Koyochi is our main character. Mm Mm-hmm. Get this. He starts out as a normal, boring high school kid. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) He's really kind of a a pretty whiny, crybaby sort of character. Yeah, from, like, scene one. Yeah. He... Let's himself get pushed around all the time. Um, in the very beginning of the show, episode one, he's getting bullied uh, by some school punks, and they make him ride all the way across town to buy them bread. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Okay. Curry bread. It's, yeah. Which sounds amazing. Sure. And should be something more common here. Yes, but the school offers curry bread. They don't even make him, like, (laughs) shell out lunch money. They make him ride a bike all the way across town to get this specific bakery's curry bread. (laughs) I'm sure it's very delicious. I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, But this is even, like, he has these two friends Mm -hmm. who we'll talk about a little bit who have always stuck up for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, We learn later on that, like, he met these friends because he was getting bullied and they, (laughs) they stepped in to help him stop being bullied. Yeah. And he never changes nope. from the time that he's a little kid. Mm-hmm. He's still wimpy and crybaby. Even when his friends are there mm-hmm. and they tell him, hey, you don't need to let them do this. We're here now. Mm-hmm. He still does it anyway. I think uh, part of what uh, Colin hasn't quite explained yet is that um, he's not just like letting himself be bullied. Like he is agreeable to the point of like faultiness. Yeah. Um, so it's not just like, hey, these guys are going to like beat the crud out of him if he doesn't go get this curry bread. They just tell him, hey, go get this bread or we'll beat you up. And his friends come in and they're like, no, you won't beat him up. And then Koyochi is like, no, no, I'll go ahead and go get the bread. No, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Even though. They're friends. They're good guys. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. So it's it's not like. Oh, he's letting himself be bullied is he's actually like rewarding and encouraging the bullies by just following through when there's really no threat. But kind of under the surface, we see him building up. He keeps saying things like one day, mm-hmm. one day I'll have power. One day I can handle this myself and mm-hmm. I won't need my friends to 
step in for me Mm -hmm. and I'll be the hero of justice. (laughs) That was Colin's favorite phrase this whole four episodes. I hate the hero of justice trope. It is the worst. It's funny because they didn't even hide it. No, he Um, literally says hero of justice over and over and over again. Yeah, explicitly out loud to people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the two friends that we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. one of them is Risiko. She is kind of your typical childhood friend character Mm -hmm. who's been with him for a long time. And as we mentioned, she kind of stands up for him and gets worried about him all the time. And uh, you can also see pretty often that she gets flustered, like whenever he interacts with other girls Mm -hmm. or spends too much time with them. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's clear that They've had some sort of romantic interest, at least at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her first introduction was great. And I thought, oh, this is a character I'm really going to like. Um, because the first time you meet her, she literally does like a flying kick uh-huh. <laughs> into the screen um, to defend um, the main character. Um, so she literally is like, I'm going to kick somebody in order to defend my friend. Um, and I thought, oh, that's nice. Like, not a pushover girl, right? She's, like, strong and independent. And I really thought I was going to enjoy her until we started getting these encounters with other girls. And she became this very needy, jealous person. And you don't see her become that strong person again. Like, she suddenly becomes almost like a background character and is just, like, the girl pining after the main character when she used to be so strong. Yeah, uh, another female character gets introduced, and as soon as that happens, like, she's basically gone from the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, She pretty much gets pushed over immediately and will just bend over backwards to not be the one in the background. Yeah, and I can't for the life of me figure out why, but because Koyochi is... Not a very likable person. No, especially later on, which Oof. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that. Absolutely. Uh, but before that, the other character that uh, he is friends with is mm-hmm. Hideaki. Mm-hmm. He's also a childhood friend. They kind of met at the same time when um, Koyochi was getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Uh, this character seems like pretty level-headed. He tries to talk sense into Koyochi whenever he can and... Just seems like a pretty generally likable good friend. Yeah, uh, he actually seems more likely to be the hero character because he's gentle but strong. Um, So he, I guess for me, is more like what I would think of the kind of setup for this main character of like, he's loyal to his friends to the end, but like he's got a soft side, you know? Yeah. So right in the first episode, we get this big plot dump Mm -hmm. that leads to this very rapid change in the characters, yes. uh, specifically Koyochi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that you said that it takes place in the distant future of 2019. <laughs> this is funny watching this uh, in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, while the main character is, in fact, riding across town to buy bread for these jerks, mm-hmm. a giant robot falls directly on top of him. Yeah. Um. They had actually been leading up to this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you would see like shots of the command center and they were tracking this object and they weren't mm-hmm. sure where it was or what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently not 
bothering to like evacuate people or make sure the area was clear or anything? Well, they evacuated in the two. Uh, there were two spots that they thought the thing was going to land. Um, but it got knocked off course by something random. And so then it landed on this kid, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, so this thing lands directly on top of him, and eventually he wakes up, and there's, like, this giant blood spot all over the front of his shirt, which nobody mentions for an entire episode. Yes, the whole time. I kept I kept looking at Colin being like, is that blood? Is it mud? Because there was also, like, it could have also been mud. Um but we were like, no, I'm pretty sure it's blood. And characters kept interacting with Koyochi, and nobody was mentioning that it was blood. And so I was like, well, maybe it's not blood, but it looks like blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, was, it totally was. Yeah, I was getting so upset. Um, he also, when he wakes up, finds out that there's a naked girl right next to him. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, there is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes her home, and she has amnesia because, of course, she does. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't explained. No, not really. Um, and it almost immediately goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, within moments, she's like, oh, my name is such and such, and this is my purpose. Yeah. And then by, like, an episode later, she completely has her memories back. Yeah. Like, there was no reason for her to am- have amnesia at all. Yeah. Well, it's even like she she knows who she is and what she does, but mm-hmm. she doesn't know why. Yeah. Which is dumb. There's no reason for it, really. Sure. It's the same thing we kind of talked about last week about, or two weeks ago, about, like, there was no need for, like, somebody to be a princess if there's not going to be something specific about that. And so this kind of felt like the same thing. Like, there's no reason for her to have amnesia. It literally did nothing for the plot other than to add some mild drama to an episode and that to me is just poor writing uh when he does come to after this whole event he suddenly has superpowers (laughs) more or less he he is like super strong and can now suddenly fend off these bullies who were Mm -hmm. messing with him all this time Mm -hmm. and he can summon a giant robot by touching this girl's boobs yeah it doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't. <laughs> I think that was the part where the show lost me, which was definitely in like... Halfway through the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because again, it's sort of like if there's a reason for something to be there, even if it doesn't make sense, then I can get behind it. It's like if this is the logic of the world, I can get behind the logic of the world like nobody else touches someone's boobs to summon a robot exactly yeah exactly and even later on he can summon it without touching her boob yeah there's no point to the boob touching (laughs) other than again for mild drama later on like other characters see him do this and they're like oh my gosh and there's there's no point no point yeah and it's not even like they're just we just have to contact each other. So like hold my hands yeah. and the robot will come. Yeah. It's like you have to touch my heart and that leads to hijinks and it's funny. Yeah, but then they completely do away with it like two episodes later. 
So again, if it has a purpose, I can get behind it. But man, this show seems to throw a lot of things at you, like rules for the universe, and then immediately take them away as soon as it no longer adds for some either dramatic moment or, or some comedic moment whenever it seems fit for the writers. Yeah, so this girl that uh, he finds there, her name is Emi Kazaki, and really there's there doesn't really seem to be anything to her. Nope. Uh, she doesn't really have a character. She doesn't have a purpose in being there so far other than to initially be that beacon that... Yep. Yeah. Emmy uh, doesn't really have much of a personality, which would make sense if the amnesia thing kept going on. But because they immediately resolve it, she is just, from what we've seen, left with this very flat personality as though... Having amnesia didn't change a single thing about her. <laughs> and and yet, he is instantly attached to her for no reason. Yeah. Uh, it's he pretty she's much hot. completely ignores his, his two best friends mm-hmm. uh, immediately after he meets her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't do anything. Nope. Her, her entire purpose in the so- show seems to be, I know something about Line Barrel, the, the big robot that you can summon. Yep. Therefore, I must be here. Yep. Uh, so once he starts interacting with this girl, uh, he comes to find out, oh, actually, when the big robot fell on you, you died. Mm-hmm. And the robot brought you back to life. Yep. And now you're basically immortal. Yep. As long as you maintain this relationship with this sapient robot thing. Yep. And uh, you now have superpowers. Yep. And you can summon this big robot to help you fight. Yep. Also punch through walls. Yeah. (laughs) So why are they fighting? That is super unclear. Who is fighting? Also unclear. It's not the government. No. They they make brief mention of this company, I think. It's a it's like a company that produces these robots or trains pilots or something. I don't know. They have access to robots and they use them to fight things. Yep. What things? We don't know. It seems like other robots. Yeah, it seems like there's this other group who also has robots. But that's a secret. And they're also using them to fight things? Does that make them the bad guys? Only because they have snarly faces. Oh, yeah. They're always scowling every time you look at them. Twirly mustaches. (laughs) Did any of them have a twirly mustache? I think one of them might have. Maybe. Um, no, it, it's kind of weird that these people are fighting. There doesn't seem to be a reason other than that they want, like, the better robot. Um, as we kind of mentioned before, they're sort of like these Armas that are pretty good fighting robots, but the Machinas are way better. And so they want access to those. But we don't know why anyone has them. We don't know why anyone has robots. It doesn't seem like it's a government thing. But we do know that the good guys, <laughs> I say that loosely, are keeping this secret because we see that on, like, the news reports. Now, people know that there are robots. They, like, show them on the news reports. But they're, like, denying that there's, like, this faction of people who have robots that are – they keep saying, like, oh, it's our malfunctioning robots that are doing this. There's there's no battle of robots, even though people – like. How can you how can you deny it? Like it's demolishing huge parts of the city. They keep talking about how it's yeah. They have to pay all these like I guess 
people to repair the city and mm-hmm. it's costing like millions of dollars. And, and I think they, they're even saying things like, oh, a test malfunctioned. And, yeah. and so all of this stuff blew up. And yeah. you're like, OK, well, <laughs> why would people support this? Yeah, it seems very, very confusing. We're not sure what completely is going on story-wise. Yeah. And it's worth noting this is all within the f- events of the first episode. Yes, And this is the point at which it really starts to fall apart because it turns out Koyochi is a huge jerk. Yes. Uh, He started out as the wimpy kid Mm -hmm. who just wanted to be the hero. Mm -hmm. And suddenly he's given these powers, uh, these abilities, and and he is chosen to be the pilot of this big robot. By the robot. But, yeah, the robot <laughs> makes its decision. It, it chooses the pilot. <laughs> um, and with with no development, no transition, no nothing, he immediately turns into a huge, huge, maniacal, mustache-twirling jerk. He actually has a maniacal laugh. He does. Uh, by the second episode, we were like, is he the bad guy? Yeah, is he evil? Is he bad? Is he going to be evil? I'm pretty sure he's evil. Uh, it's it's pretty much like, oh, I have power now, so I'm just going to use it to crush anyone who annoys me. Yeah. And uh, he quickly resorts to violence against his own friends. Mm-hmm. He basically kills people and destroys other things without any sort of discretion. Yeah. And um, it's not until like the very end of the fourth episode that they start beating some sense into him. Quite literally. Yeah. Um, he basically realizes he's a noob and gets completely wrecked by another pilot. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, chill out. Yeah. You are not the cool, powerful dude you think you are. Yeah. You don't know how to use your power. So it's useless in your hands. I think one thing that's kind of upsetting about this story is that it is character driven, but the character, the main character, is so incredibly unlikable. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it doesn't make me want to watch this. And the story is written so that it has a series of things happening to the main character and you're watching him interact with those things. So, like I said, sometimes there's some lazy writing in there, like they're randomly being a girl with amnesia, and the amnesia goes away when it's convenient for the main character to have new information. And because this character is so unlikable, it doesn't make you care if he gets a redemption story. Um, And I think that's really disappointing. Colin and I were watching this and being like, I don't care about this dude at all. And they're going to try and give him a redemption story. And I don't care. I don't want him to be redeemed. He's awful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We had talked about how, like, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Why are they fighting? And what what is this even about? What is Mm -hmm. their point? Mm -hmm. And all of that gets complicated as soon as Koichi comes into the picture. Yeah. Because his goal seems to be, I can have this robot now, so I'm going to get in it and I'm going to beat things up. Yeah. Uh, So he will literally, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what they're doing, Mm -hmm. if somebody has a big robot, he gets in his big robot and he starts punching them. Yeah. That's his goal. And without any regard for if they're civilians or anything, like if the area has been evacuated or not, like he is demolishing parts of the city 
and people are trying to be like, like other pilots and other robots are trying to be like, hey, hey, please stop. Like, hold on. Like, let's do this together. Let's work in tandem. And he's like, nope, I'm the best. So I'm gonna like beat the crud out of everything that's happening. And it's a mess. Yeah. And of course, there's tons of exposition while they're in the big robots. Mm -hmm. And so he is just spouting off all this stuff during these fights, like, this is my town, and <laughs> I'm the source of justice, and anyone else must be evil. And, yeah. and he's, he's like, rattling off all these things that yeah. are complete nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, just this huge power trip that he's on, mm-hmm. and it makes him so unlikable. It's funny because he even, as you were saying that, I remembered he even fights people that are supposed to be like on his team. Yeah. Um, So there's people that are trying to be like, hey, we just want to help you since you're like, you're now the pilot of this robot that like, you know, we kind of technically own. So like, let's do this together. Let's fight this robot together and not destroy the city. And he's like, no, if you're not like doing it the way that I am, like, I'm going to like get rid of you. And so he starts fighting like his own people mm-hmm. um, because egos. Yeah. And sure, I guess after this, he gets his redemption and he and he gets integrated into this like Judah organization or whoever they are. I don't care. Yeah. At this point, like I have no interest in seeing him go through that. Um, he's had no development up to this point. He's regressed. I I have no reason to expect that he's going to have a positive development further on. Yeah. And and it's sort of like if you're going to have this kind of character driven um, growth arc, you know, like personal growth arc sort of thing. It'd be nice if you actually like cared about the character at all is they took a mediocre character like, yeah, Koyochi in the very beginning is kind of whiny, kind of, you know, complainy. Um, they regressed him so that he's awful. And it seems like if he's going to grow, he's just going to end up going back to like the whiny kind of annoying guy. Right. And that's not really growth so much as like now we're back at square zero. Great. Thanks. Yeah. So I I would like to uh, address some of the differences in the manga that I read about. Oh, okay. Sure. Because this is all right at the beginning that they make these huge sweeping changes to everything. Really? Yeah. Wow. So... They do explain a little bit better in the manga, like, what these two types of robots are. Okay. Uh, the armas are common. They're used in, in defense by military or organizations or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're just big robots made by people. Okay, great. The machinas are more mysterious. They just kind of showed up. <laughs> and uh, they're powered by tons of little nanobots. What? <laughs> So uh, that's what allows them to regenerate quickly oh. is they, they just get their little robots together and they start fixing themselves. So what you're saying is if you looked at this like under a microscope, it'd just be a bunch of tiny mm-hmm. robots? Yep. Okay, well, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's why it's kind of more of an organic entity rather than a just a big piece of metal. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and why they have like some sort of consciousness, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and so like when he comes back to life Mm -hmm. supposedly when he dies Mm -hmm. and comes back to life it's because he gets injected by nanobots (laughs) and they keep him alive but would that explain like a personality ship oh my gosh Colin (laughs) he's a robot (laughs) 
Well, that would explain why he's so unlikable. Yeah, if he's if he's dead and he gets injected by nanobots, is he human? I guess. Is he the same person? Well, clearly not. Um. Anyway, none of that got addressed in the anime. So, (laughs) um. But like the whole setup for how he comes into this is Mm -hmm. completely different in the manga. Okay. He doesn't just get smashed by the big robot and suddenly that makes him the pilot. Sure, sure. Um, they were on a school field trip or something. Okay. <laughs> and a satellite crashes. Oh. And that satellite crash like injures slash kills a bunch of people and he ends up in the hospital hmm. in a coma for a year and a half. Okay. And as he wakes up, he starts to realize, oh, like I... I'm developing these weird abilities and these things are happening to me. From a satellite. Yeah, well. Were there nanobots on the satellite? Apparently, something like that. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay. Three years later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the big robot shows up. Oh man. And is, I guess, is basically like, I've been waiting for you to, uh, you know, develop these abilities and now I'm here to claim you and you're going to be, you're going to pilot me. As though the robot had planned for a satellite to land on him. Uh, something. Near him. Okay, sure. Uh, it did. It apparently had planned the satellite accident. I don't know if it specifically <laughs> for him or what. Sure, because that's, you know, how you get pilots. You throw satellites on people mm-hmm. and see if they survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so it seems like even the manga is kind of... It's over the top, but like <laughs> at least those that series of events like leads to the way the character is. Sure. Whereas this series is like halfway into the first episode. I got smashed and killed by a big robot and now I'm super powerful and immortal. <laughs> and also a jerk. Oh man. <laughs> Murdering jerk. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> uh do you want to talk about the animation some? Oh, yeah, it stinks. <laughs> right to the point. Um, so every single mech fight mm-hmm. is done in, from what I can tell, 100% 3D CG. Yep. And this is not the golden era of CG. This nope. is uh, early 2000s. Yep. And we're talking very jarring, very unnatural looking movements. Yep. Vastly different styles and uh, feels than the 2D part. So... Mm-hmm. Any just normal character interaction looks okay. Yeah. And then any robot fight looks terrible. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, We've kind of talked about this before with some of the other mecha animes that we've watched that have come out around this time. Uh, This one by far, to me, was the most egregious. I, this was hard to watch. It was not appealing at all. Um, and you're right. Even even the hand drawn stuff is rough. Um, I think they like tried to put. It almost seems like they tried to put in detail to hide up, like to hide mistakes that they were gonna make. Um, so like all of their faces, all the characters' faces, have um, these. You know, I'm sure it has a name, but I don't know what it is. These like cheek marks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just these lines. They're not like blush marks. They're just like these black slanted lines that are across everyone's face, right, right under the eyes, right over the cheeks. Um, it makes everybody's face really busy looking. Yeah. 
um, and it's very jarring, and it messes with the proportions. Everybody has very, very big heads. Uh, that was something that we commented a lot on. Yes. <laughs> um, so you go from, like Colin said, kind of okay hand drawing to these not great CG. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does not blend well together. Um, fortunately, there aren't too many scenes where the two are overlapped. Um, so you don't see too many like hand-drawn things happening at the same time as the computer things. But either way, it's not really good. You briefly touched on the way the characters look, and I really want to drill in on this because (laughs) this was um, by far my least favorite thing about the way the production went. Yeah. Um, I don't don't know what the manga characters look like. These Mm -hmm. could be directly ripped out of there. Sure. Or they could have, you know, altered their designs or had different teams working on the characters and whatever caused them to come to the the results that were on screen mm-hmm. was the wrong route <laughs> because these characters do not make sense. No. Uh, their body shapes and sizes are completely ridiculous. Yeah. They don't look human. No, they don't. Um, you, you said like everyone has a huge, huge head. Yeah completely disproportionate Mm -hmm. and that's especially true on some characters who Mm -hmm. are very small characters yes their head size does not change with their body size no a child same head size as an adult a big (laughs) bulking dude but small tiny little child small child child body (laughs) same head size yeah it was same level of detail with all those weird lines and creases and Mm -hmm. oh boy um there is, from what I can tell, an adult character mm-hmm. who is one of the pilots for that organization mm-hmm. who is, like, child size. Yeah. And her head is so big. <laughs> I felt like part of the reason why the proportions were wrong, at least in the head-to-body ratio, is because of all these unnecessary details that they cram into the face. And so in order to make the face make sense... Because of all this extra detail, they had to enlarge the head, but they don't put that much detail into the characters' bodies, so it almost feels like they drew them separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it just seems like they didn't have the either the skill or the capability to like put that much detail in a smaller face, a smaller head size. So they had to make the head big, and then they didn't they didn't like portion out the rest of the body. Yeah. Uh, in terms of any other production stuff, I have almost nothing to say about the music. Uh, the intro and outro music were not particularly good. No. And the score for the show ranged from this is pretty boring and uninteresting to mm-hmm. downright this doesn't make sense. It feels yeah. really out of place and weird. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're watching a show or a movie or something, you know, um, they play the whatever it is, um, will have a score that doesn't quite match what you're watching in order to, like, evoke certain feelings in you to make you think, ah, not everything is is as it appears. I don't know if they were trying to do that here, but it just, it just actually made me uncomfortable. It wasn't like, oh, I'm feeling a different emotion than I should be on screen, so maybe there's something I'm missing. It was more like, I feel like you don't know what you're doing. 
I feel like you just picked a song and you threw it in here mm-hmm. because you liked the song. Nothing when it came to the music and the art, did it feel like those two were married at all? Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any general uh, thoughts that you would like to wrap us up with? I, I've kind of talked about this in some other shows that that we've watched. I really get into the characters in any given show. That's That's probably one of the more important parts of a show for me is... What are the characters like and can I relate to them? Do I understand them? Do I like them? And the answer to this is no. Um, Just across the board, no. Um, We kind of talked about this before that every character seems to regress into the worst version of themselves. Um, Centering around Koyochi, um, he is the most egregious of them all. And to me... If, you, if you're going to have this, like, kind of redemption story um, be the center of your series, which this very much seems like it's that. Like I said, there there are, like, robot fights and stuff, but that almost seems secondary to what's going on with Koyochi. But he is so unlikable. I don't, I don't care. I, I don't care what happens to him. Um, and I feel like even if he were to grow as a character, I... I can't imagine that he'd get to a point in which I'd find him redeemable. And it felt really lazy to go from a character that was okay and to make him worse so that they could make him better. Instead of saying, we're going to take this okay character and make him great and make him a character you really are going to love. That that made sense. Um, but it seemed like, I don't know if that was too much of a task for them or or what, but they were like, Oh, well, it'd be easier to make this terrible character okay. But I don't care about terrible characters. I don't want to watch them. I don't want to interact with them. So pretty much from, I would say, like halfway through the first episode, definitely in the second episode, I was done. I I did not want to engage with this character at all. I kind of kept hoping that something bad would happen to him and that we could just move on with the rest of the characters and maybe get something better out of one of them. Yeah, it even seems like the... Only character in the whole show who um, I can at all relate to is his friend Hideaki mm-hmm. because he stands by while all this is happening as his friend is turning into a complete nut yeah. and is like, what is happening? Yeah. I I don't even understand how we got here and mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why you're acting the way you are. Yeah. But that said, he's not the focus of the show mm-hmm. and even then he's not interesting enough to be the main character of the show. Mm-mm. And so we're left with nothing but really terrible characters. Yeah. I think we've talked a bit about how, especially in mecha anime, we, we've kind of seen a few sides mm-hmm. of uh, the main character coin, which is <laughs> you've got your uh, super likable, extremely nice guy mm-hmm. who uh, happens to be the world's best <laughs> mech pilot. Yeah. And they get to be the chosen one and you follow them and you're like, yeah, go beat up all the bad robots. And then you have your other characters like your Shinjis who Mm -hmm. are a complete wreck Mm -hmm. and don't want to do it. And they stink at it, but they have to because that's what's the good choice. Um, This one kind of does none of those. (laughs) And instead is like, let's take this zero character that Mm -hmm. no one likes and... 
is kind of a nothing Mm -hmm. and take him to like negative 100 (laughs) will make him so unlikable so quickly that the only place we can go is like, hey, maybe he'll be okay. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Um, It doesn't make for anything that I would find watchable uh, or enjoyable. Sure. And it would make sense if he was a secondary character. And then eventually you're like, ah, hey, he's not as bad. That's nice. But I'm going to focus on this other person that I actually care about. For a main character, this was a rough, rough choice. I I can't say that I understand why they did this with this character. Um, and like I said, this ends up being an ensemble cast show. Um, you can tell it from the intro and outro. Um, they show, like, the entire uh, Judah uh, team. And they keep, they're introducing, uh, by the fourth episode, we've seen, we've met several of the characters, and we've seen several more of them. They're kind of off doing other things. So I know that this is going to be an ensemble cast, and I'm just saying from the few characters that we've met, it does not look like it'd be a good cast. And I feel like you can't have a character-driven show if you don't have good characters. No, and the whole plot that is surrounding these bad characters mm-hmm. is also nonsense. Yeah, it's it's sort of like you can almost forgive, you know, if it's like, ah, oh, you're trying to do the ensemble cast thing, but it's not really working. But man, at least you have a really interesting story. Nope. Yeah, there, there's no motivation for the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason for these organizations to exist or mm-hmm. do what they do. Mm-hmm. There is no reason for these robots to even exist. Yep. And there's there's no reason to be fighting anyone. <laughs> Nobody needs to be fought. Yeah. Yeah, there's no stakes at all that we can tell other than just fighting robots. So I think between both of those things and uh, the, like, really poor production mm-hmm. that we've talked about man the 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 characters and the plot are not doing any favors to no. to help the production and the production is not doing anything to help the characters in the story yeah all around it seems like this was kind of a flop so uh do do i even need to ask would you watch more of this <laughs> strong pass okay no thank you um no okay <laughs> Uh, I can't even say, like, if they tried with a different character. Like, I, you know, in in some of our previous episodes, I've talked about, like, oh, maybe if they change, like, the story a little bit, I really cared about the characters, or vice versa. Like, if these characters were in a different story. No. Not one part of this is redeemable for me. I, I, it was really painful getting through four episodes. Yeah, not a chance for me either. (laughs) Uh, At this point, I'm really just hoping we get some better roles. (laughs) this week get another cat anime that was great yeah (laughs) yeah well we still said no on it (laughs) i mean i might change my mind after this one (laughs) (laughs) our standards are uh decreasing (laughs) all right well to end on that high note uh, if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe that's anamonday.moe you can send us questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on our Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And you can find links for that on our website. Thank you to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provided and for the random button which produces those wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. 
You can follow along with us each week. We'll have a link to our current title on our website and social media. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music of our show, which come from the Senpai EPs, available on Bandcamp and other major streaming services. I will have links to his music in the show notes and on our website. All right, Colin. Are you ready to roll something better? Hopefully. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Random button in three, two, one. Uh, The anime for this week is The Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einhajar. (laughs) And the first episode is called The Oath of the Chalice. How very different. It's not robots. Yeah, it's like Norse mythology. Maybe. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. All right. We're going to see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I ain't heard her. <laughs> it's Norse mythology. I don't. Oh, oh, shoot. I ain't heard her. I ain't heard her. I have no idea. I ain't heard her. In Hiriar, Norwegian. In Hiriar. No, there's no way. Uh, hey. There, there are a lot of weird-sounding comments. I'm going to go with Ein Hijar. Okay, go for it.